Matt Schaff and Jared Smola of DraftSharks.com here to talk offensive line today. And Jared, it's the perfect day to do so. We just saw a big contract extension for Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle of the Giants. Titus Howard got a nice extension for the Texans. We all know that offensive line is important generally, but for fantasy, we want to know how important. We want to know if something should be factored into our drafting plan. So you dug into this and took a look at what we should know whether we should be paying attention to this. What, what, what's your methodology before we jump into the results? Online is not the most exciting topic, but it does matter. I think people don't factor it in a lot of times. Um, now, how much it matters, that that is the question I wanted to answer as you know, we work on our rankings. So what I did is I, I looked at the last three seasons. I took total half PPR points scored by each team at each position and then compared those numbers to six different offensive line metrics three pass blocking three run blocking the pass blocking ones football outsiders adjusted sack rate pro football focus pass blocking grade espn pass block win rate and then the run blocking metrics football outsiders adjusted line yards pff run block rate and then espn run block win rate and i just looked at the correlation between those six metrics and the the fantasy points scored at each position just to get an idea of, you know, how, how much of a relationship there is between, between that O-line performance stuff and, and fantasy points. And if you're like, Jared, I did not follow that at all. Don't worry. You can head over to draftsharks.com right now. You can check out the full breakdown, the full explanation of what Jared examined for the article for now, though, we're going to look ahead to the results of what Jared did look into. And let's go position by position here, Jared, what kind of effect, if any, did you find on quarterback production? Yeah, this is probably the most surprising result of this study. There's really not as much correlation between O-line play and quarterback fantasy production as you might think, at least, or at least kind of you know, what I thought. Um, there, there's actually hardly any correlation between PFF pass blocking grade or ESPN pass block win rate and quarterback fantasy production. There, there's, a, there's more correlation between adjusted sack rate and quarterback fantasy points. Adjusted sack rate explains 11.5% of quarterback production. So again, you know, some correlation there, not a ton. Takeaway for me is consider offensive line play when evaluating quarterbacks for fantasy football. Maybe use it as a tiebreaker between you know, two guys that are closely ranked, but don't overrate it. I think I think if people are factoring in a line play, they might be doing it too much for quarterback evaluation. All of that makes sense. It might not seem like it does initially. Like, of course, offensive line matters for quarterback. But for a quarterback such as Justin Fields, if he's under a lot of pressure, he's going to be running more often from that. Plus, he is responsible for a lot of those sacks. It's not always the offensive line that's getting the quarterback in trouble. So the more a running quarterback sees pressure or feels pressure or creates pressure, the more often he's going to scramble and create fantasy points for us. Um, whereas if it's a more statuesque kind of passer who's not running out of the pocket, the blocking probably matters more because obviously the more you get sacked, the fewer times you have to throw the football. Running back, that seems to me like a position that's likely to be even more affected than quarterback. What would you find in your numbers? No surprise here. Running back is the position most affected by offensive line play. Now, the ESPN run block win rate, I found like hardly any correlation between that and running back production. So, you know, I'm not going to be using that as we you know, get into the season and start to you know look at the, these old lines and how they're performing. But football outsiders adjusted line yards explains 24.6% of running back half PPR production. That's a big number. 
PFF run blocking grade explains 20%. So that also has a pretty significant impact. That's something definitely worth considering. Now, what I looked at beyond just the total half PPR points for running backs is I wanted to look at how O-line play affected you know, the rushing bucket of running back production and then the receiving bucket of running back production. And again, not surprisingly, the impact of O-line play is felt almost entirely in the running back production. There's basically no correlation at all between O-line play and receiving production. There's actually a slightly negative correlation between PFF pass blocking grade and ESPN pass block win rate and receiving production, meaning actually as pass block grade and pass block win rate get worse, running back receiving production actually gets better. The takeaway for me, O-line play definitely, definitely matters for running back production in fantasy football, but it matters much more for the running backs that you know are going to derive most of their fantasy value from the ground game. If you have you know someone who you know James Cook comes to mind, who you know is going to score a lot of his fantasy points in, in the passing game, he's less impacted by his offensive line play than you know someone like Derrick Henry. And of course, that slight negative correlation for the receiving that you mentioned makes sense because the more a quarterback is in trouble, the more likely he is to need to dump off to a running back. And it certainly makes sense that rushing relies not relies, but counts on some of the blocking that's a factor that's difficult to weigh in and I think probably the biggest takeaway here is to factor that in even if you like a running back a lot you have to look at his offensive line and that's a key thing that we might overlook heading into the season that could wind up being a hurdle between him and reaching the kind of production we're hoping for. For sure. And, and I think you want to look at it at the extremes, right? Like the top handful of O-lines are going to you know, potentially boost their running backs production. The, the bottom handful are going to, going to hurt it. But you know, a lot of those teams in the middle of the pack, there's not going to be a huge impact on overall fantasy production. Yeah. And we'll talk about those handfuls, but it's also a potential tiebreaker. If you're looking at two running backs, like round four and one's behind an O-line that was terrible last year and one's behind an O-line that was really good last year, maybe you lean toward uh, the good O-line wide receiver and tight end production, receiving production outside of the backfield. What'd you find here? Any correlation? Yeah. For wide receivers, very little correlation from pass block rate or pass block win rate but a strong correlation between adjusted sack rate and wide receiver half PPR points. 24.9% of of wide receiver production can be explained by adjusted sack rate. Takeaway for me there, we don't want our wide receivers playing with quarterbacks that take a lot of sacks, which makes sense, right? Because if a quarterback's taking sacks, he's not throwing the football. That's fewer targets for these wide receivers. So pretty simple enough there. And then at tight end, (laughs) exactly, DJ Moore. Um, Tight end, not much correlation at all, you know, e- even uh, less correlation in adjusted sack rate and PFF pass blocking grade than we saw at quarterback. Decent correlation between pass block win rate and tight end fantasy production. 13% of tight end production can be explained by pass block win rate. But again, that, that's not a huge number. Takeaway for me here at tight end, I'm not going to be factoring in offensive line play very much, if at all, when um, ranking tight ends for fantasy football. Yeah, I think maybe the the greatest impact there is if it's a really bad offensive line and your tight end can block, then it might be fewer pass routes for him and a few more blocking assignments. So now I think probably what people want to know the most is what offensive line should I gravitate toward? Which offensive lines should keep me away from those running backs? Jared, what are just like a few of the best 
that might impact positively that that rushing production to me sort of the gold standard at o-line and these are teams that were good last year and i expect them to be good again this year the eagles browns ravens and lions and those teams you know for the most part return most of last year's starting offensive linemen and were very strong last year so good news for the running backs on those teams two other o-lines i wanted to point out that i think are going to be significantly better this year than they were last year the broncos they added right tackle Mike McGlinchey and guard Ben Powers in free agency. Those guys are you know, probably both top 10 players at their respective positions. So it should be big upgrades for the Broncos. Another reason to you know, maybe expect a bounce back from that offense this season. And then the, the Steelers, um, which actually, if you look at some of the metrics we look at, again, you know, the football outsiders, PFF and ESPN metrics, the Steelers were actually like a middle of the pack O-line last year, kind of better than I had realized. But they added guard Isaac Sayamalu in free agency. They spent a first-round pick on left tackle Broderick Jones. So, you know, those guys should be immediate upgrades. And, you know, that, that could, you know, push this O-line, you know, maybe like close to, like a, to being like a top-10 unit this season. Yeah, it certainly always helps to add talent. One thing is make sure you don't overrate the addition of talent because I know offensive line in the past has been a spot where the – some doesn't always equal the you know value of the individual parts. They still have to work together um, and gel in season. But all of that, you know, Rashad Penny, David Montgomery, those are marks in favor of those guys at cost. What are a few of the worst offensive lines that you maybe scare us away from running backs? Two really stick out to me, the Titans and Cardinals. Titans weren't very good on the O-line last year. They lost guard Nate Davis in free agency. They, they cut ties with Taylor Luan. And then their right tackle, Nicholas petit Ferrer is suspended for the first six games of this season for violating the NFL's gambling policy. They did make a couple additions for agent Andre Dillard and rookie guard Peter Skaronsky. But I think the Titans are going to be probably a, a bottom 5-0 line again this season. And then same deal with the Cardinals, just weren't good last year. They're going to get left tackle DJ Humphreys back. He missed uh, eight games last season. They also added Paris Johnson in the first round of the NFL draft, but just on, on paper, the Cardinals look like a, a bottom five line again, heading into 2023. Fortunately, James Conner is going to catch about 70 passes. So it might not matter. Exactly. And again, that's why it matters, right? Like his rushing production is probably going to be here by the O-line, but the fact that he does so much in the receiving game, he's going to be impacted less by poor O-line play than he would be if he you know didn't do much in the passing game. Like I said, you can find Jared's full breakdown of this offensive line research on DraftSharks.com. You can also find offensive line rankings. So check all of that out and see how much you should factor it into your fantasy drafting. If you like what you see here, subscribe, rate, review. Or if you're listening, if you like what you hear, subscribe, rate, review. We appreciate all of that. And we appreciate you giving us a chance to help you win fantasy leagues.